Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Rachel Young, a true crime goddess, Jessica Butcher, queen of fantasy. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. I burnt my toes this week. Like sunburnt your toes or? No. What? Too close to the fire? Nope. With mac and cheese. (laughs) Flaming mac and cheese on the toes. I can just hear you at the ER right now. Really? It was actual mac and cheese. I'm not making it. It was at work, too. So, okay, in my defense, I have to be at work at 7 a.m. That's early. So sometimes certain things have to be cut out in order for me to make it to work, which is usually socks and tennis shoes so i just wear flip-flops right well i was making my lunch and i was all ready to like i was so because it was mac and cheese and broccoli and it was lava hot and i dropped it <gasps> on the floor oh it went all over my foot and oh, i have never ever <laughs> burned my toes like that <laughs> it is um i got some cheese blisters <laughs> Now that's going to sting and stink. And my coworker, who's my work husband, it was in his office because he has a fridge and freezer and microwave and all that shit in his office. And so he's laughing at me as he's helping me clean this up. And he's like, oh, your toes, your toes. I was like, yeah, I know. I feel it. So he's like cleaning up my mess while I'm nursing my cheese scalded toes. (laughs) 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 That just paints such a fun picture, Rachel. Thank you. I I needed a good laugh. He's probably thinking in his head, why did we let her come back to work? (laughs) He's like, why am I letting her use my office microwave? Oh, he was a good sport about it. I appreciated how caring he was, too, because if that had been my office, I would have been like, fuck your toes, clean up my floor. (laughs) (laughs) But he's a nicer person than I am. And he was like, I'll clean it up. Take care of your foot. Oh, he wins the husband, the work husband of the year award. He does. He's actually a really good husband, husband. His wife is delightful. So, and she deserves a lot of, um, well, a lot of praise with putting up for him, but he's a good husband. So, (laughs) yeah. Speaking of good husbands, how's Garrett? It's great. Uh, he was here a little bit ago, but he's working on <laughs> for his birthday. His parents got him this. Uh, it's a wooden windmill that you have to put together, and then it's like mechanical. So like you turn the dial, and it actually spins. Oh, that's it has cool. like a thousand pieces. <laughs> but he, he bought me tickets to V. Schwab's new book tour. Oh, wow. That was nice. He's always been such a good boyfriend. He is. He's pretty cool. This is what, three and a half years for you guys? Yeah. Four in April. Awesome. <clears throat> Jessica hasn't been on in a while. So, Jessica, no. do you want to talk about your journey? You're talking about having COVID? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't really call that a journey. It was just like I had two days of being tired and having a headache and 
not being able to taste anything and then, then it was I had over. To stay at home for 14 days. That's <laughs> what happens when you're young and so healthy that it's ridiculous. Well, see, the girl in my office, she's only in her 20s. I, I'm pretty sure. It's either like really early 30s or late 20s. And um, she's been sick, sick, like as in high fever the whole nine yards hmm. for over a week. And she was supposed to go Friday and get tested again because Friday would have been her two weeks. Uh-huh. And you're supposed to get tested again and because you, you have to test negative before you come back to work. Right. And the doctor said that they can go ahead and give her the test. But being that she still has a fever, she's going to come back positive still. Yeah. So she's going to be gone for at least another two weeks because they won't do it they'll only do it every two weeks health department lady that called me because you get like a phone call and you have to ask answer all these questions and uh whenever you test positive and she told me that it's the new research is 10 days 24 hours no fever three consecutive days of improved symptoms to go back to work because it stays in your system for so long that some people have been showing no symptoms and still testing positive for like three and four months. Holy wow. shit. Really? Luckily, if only tested negative because I would still not be working <laughs> if I was still testing positive. Well, my boss told me that, she, and this might just be like the rules of the credit union I work at, is that she has to test negative. She can't have a fever for 72 hours and she has to have a negative test. The bookstore required me to have two negative tests. Uh, well, yeah, because you work with, I mean, you work in the cafe, so that I, yeah. I could understand. I completely the- understand that. <laughs> I appreciate wow. the fact yes. that you stay home when you're sick. Hopefully we'll protect you from getting really super sick in the future from it. I've read that uh, they haven't had any. I mean, They've had one. Early. They've had one um, person come down with COVID a second time. Yeah, he was in an Asian country, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Wuhan. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I don't think there's I don't think there's any really solid evidence to show that if you've had it, you have immunity against um, getting it again, especially because hasn't it already, it's already mutated. It's already mutated. Point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, we know that there were two distinct strains of it. There was the Wuhan strain and then the Italian strain, European strain. And the European strain, the Italian strain was so much worse. And that's the one that's really bad here. Uh, so much more well, contagious. It used to be where I work. So I, cause I work for the federal government it used to be optional to get a flu shot and they would give it to you. But this year, um, and if you chose not to get it, then you had to wear a mask. Well, we all have to do that anyway. And they've made it non-optional. Like the only way you can opt out of the flu shot is if you bring a doctor's note or something. Um, but, and everybody, at, at least at my VA, we're not getting so generally for the public, it's the normal flu shot is like three strains, but mm-hmm. at the VA, they're at least my VA, they're giving us the four strain flu shot because I just got mine yesterday. I need to go mm-hmm. get one. It hurt like a bitch, too. <laughs> yeah. I always get a huge goose egg when when they do the really? flu shots. Our flu shots are in October, the the first week in October. So well, they did well, one I- last year at our in our building, but obviously they're not going to do that this year yeah yeah see for us they did but again we're back at work but um i didn't realize this either the nurse who 
um, shout out to Cindy. Hey, Cindy, um, <laughs> who gave me the shot. She's just one of our nurses, but she said she was glad that the VA was doing it as early as they were, because I guess it takes a few weeks. It does. Two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So technically it's not flu season yet. So, but I heard if you get it too early, then you have to get another shot, like in January or whatever, it won't last the whole flu season. And that just might be hearsay. I don't even remember where I heard it from. I won't mind getting two. Mm-hmm. I'll get two. Yeah, I don't know. I have a feeling more people will get the flu shot. And normally, my thinking is, is once flu season comes around, A, the flu is going to be prevalent. It always is. I, but I think we're going to see another surge of COVID. But if I yeah. can at least protect myself in some way, I'm going to try at least. But Well, do you know what they said on the news about speaking of Oklahoma? Hmm. Um they haven't been test. They haven't been counting the positive testing through the rapid tests with and our the- regular numbers, and now they're going to start making them. So they think that we're going to have a spike, but it's not because there's more cases. It's just because they're actually reporting all of the cases that are actually well. Happening. And here's the other thing that nobody realizes, and that's that they have not, at least in Oklahoma, I know this is a fact. They haven't been counting all the tests they do in other places besides the health department. The health department is the only result you're seeing. Mm. It's not well, I from... Get, so because I, I had to go home at the very early start of this because I had a temperature and I don't know, I didn't have COVID, but they they sent me home and they made me get a test. So I went to the health department's drive up testing and I was tested through the health department Several days later, they were the ones who called me with my results, right? So a couple of weeks ago, I called them because I needed my results for work to get a certain kind of leave put in. And they put the request in. And then I get a call back a few days later. Who did your test? (gasps) You all did my test. Are you sure it wasn't the National Guard? No, it was you all. Who gave you your results? You all gave me them. <laughs> well, we can't find your records. Oh, my okay, God. Good. But, but that's luckily, the Texas Department of Health. That was here in Amarillo. Oh, so okay. I don't know what the hell. I, and I've never gotten a call back because luckily my doctor, um, you know, wrote me a note because, you know, I my doctor knew that I had gotten tested and everything and that my results. So he could still do that. But I was like you guys tested me like you're just losing results i mean it was negative so it wasn't a big deal but sometimes people are going to need that to verify for their employers yeah bless you speaking of sorry it's and it's allergy season on top of everything else ragweed is has reared its ugly head again and Mm -hmm. such and mold Weeds, mold, and trees, I think. Is anyone else super excited that it's only supposed to be 58 next week? I know. Isn't that wonderful? I'm so happy about that. We're going to see some fall on Wednesday. I'm so excited. For those of us who live in the South, that's a a very big deal. That means that my bra will not get sweaty at 7 o'clock in the morning when I walk my dog. Nice. <laughs> because let me tell you, once that gets damp, it stays damp all fucking day. <laughs> That's where all the mold spores are coming yep. from is people's bras. Yep, see? <laughs> Sending them your way. Stop. <laughs> God. 
disgusting that's why Keep I need your to... armpits down you beast i need to buy new bras is because this one's all full of mold <laughs> <laughs> so it starts standing up on its own <laughs> is that a new push-up you have no it's just the mold it's all good. <laughs> it's just my black mold. It's okay. It's good. It's for really my strong and supportive. It's a special ingredient. <laughs> I wish you could have seen the gesture that went with that. That was a classic. Maybe, maybe it's the new cure for dry nipples or something. There you know. go. You could market that. Uh, yeah, really. We, we had no idea fungus could be so supportive. I mean, penicillin is a fungus. That's true. And it cures. That's I mean, very true. Is, and mushrooms are a fungus. Yeah. Cheese is basically rotting fungus. I mean, yeah, it's isn't just it? mold. Fungus yeah. eating yeah. cheese or milk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cottage cheese. Yeah. Delicious mm-hmm. fungus. So this fungus, this boob fungus, we're going to market it. Well, you know. You're talking about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so guess what this fungus did? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's worried me quite a little bit that the uh, smell of certain people's socks smells like cheese. It makes me Ew. not want to eat cheese, you know. And that, have you ever like when it smells like yeah. Parmesan? Yes, you notice that too, huh? Well, n- whose socks are you smelling? Well, not mine, clearly. Your husband? You never you never no. get that smell in your nose, and you're like. I could use a grilled cheese sandwich right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, just me? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I like some stinky cheese. Who else's socks are you smelling besides the people that live in your house? Well, Dylan has got some mighty stinky socks. Dylan's feet are so rancid that... He, I mean, the kind of shit that's going on with his feet, I mean, that's corpse feet. He has nasty feet. I think you it's have, from all of those years of wearing cleats. Yeah, I think it's like permanently, like, I don't know. He has got some Talk about some freaking mold going on. Yeah. And I bleach the crap out of his socks whenever I get a hold of him. You should make him soak his feet in like Listerine We did, We used to make him soak his feet weekly in Epsom salts mm-hmm. and everything to keep the smell down. It didn't make any difference. He just I'm has... Sorry rancid awful feet mint listerine just we need we need a uh, we need a uh, a physician's opinion on this if we have any physicians listening know anything about stinky feet does he eat a lot of stinky food no his diet is terrible though so that's probably no because when he was living at home it was bad too have you ever heard they have like the detox things that you put like the, oh, on the bottom yeah, of your feet that's supposed to. Yeah. I wonder if that, I mean, I don't exactly believe that it detoxes your body, but it might help with his foot stink. I don't know. It might, yeah, like, I think it's just that. activated charcoal is the only thing that is. Well, Even charcoal works for us to do that. Like it's a, it's an actual foot bath and you, I've seen ads for it. So it's just this nice foot bath, and, but it has something that you put down in it and it like, it's a, I don't know. It looks, the water looks disgusting afterwards. It's activated charcoal, I'm sure. That's all it is. Yeah, but if charcoal is really great for like, you know, when they pump your stomach, they put fucking charcoal in. I know. So charcoal is like the wonderful thing. Have you had your stomach (laughs) pump lately? (laughs) Well, not lately. (laughs) All that overdosing you've done in your life. You need a little charcoal up in there. Yeah. Charcoal is my friend. <laughs> it helps <laughs> out. Desperate times. 
Yeah. Do it at your home system. Just freaking eat the charcoal. <laughs> You're Make yeah, Bonnie's a charcoal out. smoothie. Bonnie's out in, <laughs> in the barbecue again, having herself a snack on a charcoal biscuit. Did you, get, did you drink a little too much alcohol? You got a stomachache in there, sweet pea? <laughs> She's just like eating a charcoal briquette. <laughs> that's, that's why I like my meat so well done. <laughs> Have a taste for charcoal. Soaks all uh, soaks up the alcohol. It's okay. Yeah. We haven't seen Jessica forever. I know, such a stranger. She was, she was being all COVID-y. Yeah, she. Oh, that was the worst. I kept testing positive for. I was for three weeks. I was testing positive, and I was like, I start school next week. If I do not test negative, I will miss the first week of school. Oh, Shit. that sucks. <laughs> Well, I'm awfully glad that you're feeling better and that you are a non-COVID person. And I hope that this gives you immunity. I really do. I so. hope so. Has Garrett got it too, or no? Garrett never got it. His brother got it, his dad and his mom got it. No oh one in my family got it. I'm thinking oh. Garrett might have a bulletproof gene in there, something. Seriously? Yeah. Well, it, there's just some people that just are more prone to get sick than other people, like... Not so much COVID, but like like the flu. Tyler had the flu every freaking year when he was in high school, sometimes twice, and I never oh. got it. And mm. I didn't necessarily get a flu shot all of those years. Yeah, strep throat. I got uh, it every year. Oh, yeah. Like until I was like twenty. Mm. <laughs> That's that awful. Sucks. You all right? But he never gets sick. It's, it's weird. He's like, about a sneeze. Oh. My husband's like say that, banana. Jessica. He never up, gets look sick. Look up say banana, banana, Ever. banana, banana. <sighs> Ragweed. It's the worst. It's kicking my butt. I haven't worn makeup in like two weeks because my eyes water all day long. Can I plug my uh, my buddy recall coming up? Yes, please do. Let's let's uh, start to do some transitioning here. Tell, tell us about okay. what's going on. So, um, right now we're, so on September 1st, a group of us started reading Emma in the night by Wendy Walker. Um, and Wendy was actually kind enough. She commented on our Instagram post about us doing that buddy read. So thank you for that. Um, and so if you want to start reading the book on, Thursday, which is September 10th at 7 p.m., we're going to have uh, just an open Zoom call. Uh, I've already posted it on the Three Book Girls Tribe Facebook page, but I'm going to post it again, um, the link for the call. If I know some people have finished the book. Some of us are just planning to be about halfway through, which is fine. Um, or if you just want to join the call to kind of see what we think of the book so far, there may be some spoilers, obviously, since some of us will be a ways in, but um, you're welcome to join or start reading now. Um, by Thursday, I'm sure you can get at least halfway through. And then we will wrap it up probably the following week with another Zoom call, give everybody a chance to finish it up. So, um, it's exciting. I'm glad. I think I think there's at least there's, at least there's... eight to ten people following along. Um, Sweet. Yeah. So it's good. The book is really good so far. Um, I'll probably um, review it on the podcast. Um, See, that was my dilemma. Was... That was my dilemma. Is I really want to review the Buddy Read book that we did, but it's going to be another not this week, but next week that we're going to finish that one up, which is The uh -huh. Sparrow. Was someone doing Mexican Gothic? Yes, too? somebody's got Mexican Gothic going as well. 
I need so we to got do three. Read. We have three buddy reads going right now on our um, three book girls tribe oh, on Facebook. Well, Midnight Sun, we we already did That's Midnight done. Sun. Yeah, yeah, oh, we did that. Done. Okay, we did that Wednesday. We're not double tapping that shit. Okay. See, Once I decided was enough. to break. <laughs> I decided to break up Alice in the Night or Emma in the Night. Sorry, Alice, Emma in the Night because you know um, I know some people who are doing it. They're working and doing stuff, and I know I'm working through it too. So, um, but I know at least one of the book girls. Uh, she said last night on our Zoom call that she's finished it, which is totally fine. And I've had a couple of um, uh, listeners uh, message me and say, hey, do I have to have this finished by the 10th? And um, I was like, no, 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 just, you know, start reading, maybe be halfway point. And people seem to like that idea. So, yeah, we already did so our halfway. We did our halfway point for the Sparrow, but we're not going to do the final until two weeks from now so if you still want to join in on that one that's by mary doria russell mm-hmm. i need to do a buddy read you do you need to find one of your historical fiction we need to find out if anybody something. is a historical fiction fan i'm sure there are oh, i'm sure they are yeah now that we've already all talked about our oh by the way please join our facebook tribe it's awesome whether, whether you just want to talk to other people who love books or whether you just want to you know get cr- in on one of the buddy reads yeah would love to have you. Book recommendations or yeah, whatever. And if anyone can think of a buddy read that would be a good historical fiction one, let me know because you know I'd be down with that. Shall we start, Ronnie? Are you ready to start? Sure. It is hot in here. Jesus. I've been hot for like the last fucking week. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm premenopausal or something because I just, it seems like all I do is sweat. We came back to the age. Makes me angry when I sweat. She's sweaty and her bra is holding itself up. My classmates are making fun of me this week because I had on a sweater like all week because it was it's cold as shit everywhere I go to study and go to class. And so. When it's inside, yeah. You got to layer yeah. up when you, you know, skinny little thing like you. Have my sweater and my London fog, and they were like, you just need fall to get here. Sometimes <laughs> I like to just turn down the air conditioning so that so I can good. wear a sweater. <laughs> because I do love make, wearing sweaters. Do you make your own London fog or do you buy it? Um, like at the bookstore? Or Okay, so you make it there. Yeah. So I don't know if you made it at home. Yeah, I make it at home. That's I thought you were early. talking about a friggin' raincoat. What are you guys? What are you talking about? Is it like tea? Yeah, it's Earl Grey with a shot of vanilla and then foamed milk on top. Sheesh. That sounds good. I thought you were talking about so. a raincoat. <laughs> no. no. That's my. I'm wearing my London fog. <laughs> I live in a. I live in a damn desert, Martha. Why do I need a raincoat? Here? I had no idea. That's why I was confused. <laughs> Take me to dull London. <laughs> well, the book I read this week, I don't really know that I would want to do a buddy read on this because it wasn't one of my favorites. I would probably only give it like a three and a half. Mm. I mean, it was okay. This is the second book in a row that you've just kind <sighs> of been okay on. It's because I, you read and follow it on the side. That's why. I can't read anything else when I read follow it because follow it, <laughs> it has to have my absolute attention. I want nothing else but Follett while Follett is in my life. Yeah. You should buddy read A Thousand Splendid Sons. I could. 
There are a bunch Has of somebody people done the, the kite runner? We could do kite runner and thousand they splendid were, suns together. They were together. talking about Brittany on the call last night was saying that she just finished kite runner and she was just gushing about how much she loved yeah. it. And everybody uh-huh. chimed in and said, oh my God, you thought that was great. You have to read a thousand splendid suns. See, I liked kite runner better than thousand splendid suns, but thousand splendid suns was pretty good also. More brutal than the kite runner, I think. Yeah, I think so. A little bit. See, and I'm the opposite. I loved kite runner, um, but I, oh, I love, love, loved A Thousand Splendid Sons. I haven't read his third book, but a lot of the readers last night said they have it as well and haven't read it yet. His third book? I didn't know he had a third book. Maybe that's what you guys should buddy read. Mm -hmm. It's called The Mountains Echoed. And The Mountains Echoed? Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what you guys should buddy read, since you've already read the first two. A lot of people last night said that it's been on their shelves and they just haven't read it yet, but they're wanting to. I'm in. Mm -hmm. I would do that too. So I read a book called Her Last Flight by Beatrice Williams. And it's supposed to be loosely based on Amelia Earhart, but I really think it's more inspired by Amelia Earhart. Earhart because I read some of her story like on Wikipedia and stuff and it just it wasn't very similar or didn't seem very similar to me but I see where they got the idea from her life so this takes this starts out in 1947 and there's a photojournalist who goes to a remote surfing village in Hawaii to do a biography on a gentleman named Sam Mallory, who was really big in the avi- aviation world back in the 1930s, like like late 1930s. And um, he was half of a team who was going to fly around the world. And it was uh, Sam Mallory and a girl named Irene. So it was her and him and a girl named Irene who he had taught how to fly so it was like his student and they were going to make this trip around the world and it was like this publicity stunt because you know she's a woman women really don't fly yada yada so on and so forth and she's going to fly around the world so they you know, were going to use that to promote and make money and so on and so forth well um, during this flight around the world the plane crashes and um irene is never found she's never seen again she's never found so in this like i said this is in 1937 and in 1947 this photojournalist goes to interview sam mallory about that flight and it's just kind of about her discovering what happens to irene and about irene's life in general and about Irene and Sam's relationship and because when they very first start their their journey and like she's like learning how to fly and they're starting to get close and everything he's actually married but it's a bad marriage his wife doesn't really love him she's like freaking nuts like as in she cut off her own finger one time just to get him to come home Damn. Yeah, that's how fucking Jesus. nuts she is. Yeah, she's crazy. That's the definition of crazy. She's crazy. And it might have been a toe. I don't remember. It was an appendage. <laughs> she cut off an appendage so that he would come home. 
and it's just about her discovering what happens and they they find the wreck of the plane in Spain and so she you know this photojournalist goes to Spain to look at the wreck and see if she can find out what happened and you find out the whole story I mean it like unravels throughout the whole book and that's just kind of what this book is about there's a little bit of romance in it but not a lot of romance a lot of forbidden romance because you know dude's married and that just doesn't happen in 1937 <gasps> People weren't Never. horny back yeah, then. People didn't have I, sex. Oh. I hear they didn't have penises back then. <laughs> you didn't get your penis until you got married. You cut the cake and they true. said, here's your penis. And they handed it to the wife. I was going to say, and then you, they handed it to the wife and she put it in her purse. <laughs> no, that's the balls. Here's your penis and here's the balls. <laughs> it's all about storks, right? Yeah, exactly. That's you watch true. Dumbo, the Disney version of Dumbo. The storks bring the babies. So, yeah, and, and that's what this book was about. I mean, it was, the writing was good. There was a few things that were just a little hard to believe because, like, when this photojournalist, I can't remember what her name is, when she very first comes to Hawaii, she is not greeted with with lays and flowers let me tell you because they don't like that she's there they don't want to talk to her they keep telling her to leave that no one's going to tell her anything and they're very hostile towards her and but then somehow which I quite don't understand how it happened I don't know if I missed a section of the book or what she's like staying in the people's guest house that hate her and like taking their kids like to school and shit and hmm. I'm like, okay, last chapter, you like were going to drive her out to the plane so that she could leave the island. And now she's taking your kids to school. I don't That's understand. That's really weird. Good child care is hard to come by. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you suffer by making you watch my kids. Here are my kids. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Reap Little <the> fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And. I mean, there are some twists and turns. Some things happen that you're like, wow, I didn't see that really coming. But then I don't really know if I cared that it was coming. It was <laughs> it was kind of like when you light a firecracker and you're expecting like this big, beautiful, you know, display plume, plume of sparks and everything. And it just goes bang. And then you go, oh. And that's it. <laughs> like, that was nice. <laughs> oh. It's like, oh. It's disappointing. But some people might really like it. It wasn't really my thing. But it was also historical fiction that wasn't about war. So maybe that's why there wasn't enough death. But that was called Her Last Flight by Beatrice Williams. Okie dokie. Right. Rachel? So, I read The Roanoke Girls by Amy Engel. Um, and I'll say this. I didn't, I've never heard of this author before, before I started reading this. And once I got a few chapters in, um, because of how disturbing the book was, I thought, oh, I want to see a little bit about her and of course see if she has written anything else the only blurb about her in the back of the book is that she's the author of a ya series called the book of ivy 
Never heard of that. And she's a former criminal defense attorney. Okay, that's where some of the twisted stuff, I suppose, comes in. <laughs> this book, and I can't, I can't go too much into a lot of the trigger points because it's going to give too much away about the story, which should tell you right there how kind of messed up it is. But there are a lot of points of trigger for this. So if you are sensitive to any sort of triggers related to sexual relationships or murder or anything like that this book is not for you you have any triggers right any off. triggers whatsoever you, know, you people are so <laughs> nice you're always like oh trigger warning trigger warning i'm like i never um, warn anybody i just <laughs> really the only i'll say this the only type of abuse that isn't present in here is animal abuse and like and it's like physical abuse of someone being beaten. Everything else is pretty much on the table in this book. So our main character in this book, um, we meet her when she is about 16. Um, her name is Lane Roanoke. And she has to go and live on the Roanoke family farm with her grandparents and her cousin Allegra. Um, and you find this off right on the first page. The reason that Lane is going to live with her grandparents, whom she has never met, is because her mother has committed suicide. Oh. And Lane, initially when she reaches the, this family has money as well. But again, she has never met her grandparents, never talked to them. And her mother was a extremely tortured soul and they didn't have the best relationship. Um, and her cousin Allegra is a very interesting character to say the least. And this book actually, um, I think it does a good job of telling you because each chapter either says then or now, most of them, some of them have a name as the title, but this book jumps between present time and the past. Um, and it's done very well. It's written very well. Um, and the premise of the book is Lane now as an adult has returned to the family farm because her cousin Allegra has gone missing. So, but throughout all of this, the summer that she spent there, as well as her return now, it is just filled with family secrets. Where is Allegra? reconnecting with old people um, in town from that summer that she was there. And Lane really pulls no punches with things. She's kind of a bitch at times, but in the best way possible. Um, sometimes she's a likable character, sometimes she's not, but she's a very real character and very damaged, but she doesn't make any apologies about her damage, if that makes any sense. Um, there's a lot of deceit and secrets and things just like I said in this and Lane just the way that she sort of had grown up and with everything now as an adult, she's like, fuck this. I'm not keeping secrets anymore. I'm just going to out it and say it. Right. And I kind of love her character for that. And so, of course, we go through this book and we start to unravel all of these secrets. Why do all these Roanoke girls keep disappearing? Where do they go? Why are they running? Right. Because you find out that there is a whole lineage of Roanoke girls, as they're called, that we either don't know what happened to 
or we do, but we don't quite know why it happened. Or so there's this whole mystery that is being unraveled by her while she's also trying to find her cousin. Um, and it just, it was disturbing the whole way through. Um, I love it how you smile when you say that. Oh my God, it was so disturbing. It was, it was so well done. Bravo to Amy Engel. Um, She has one other adult book that I've already purchased. Um, This, and if you, like I said, if you don't like disturbing, A, yes, I'm fine. Um, I'm not a twisted person. And um, just know that this is not for you, but it was a great book if you love just awful and twisted. Um, I gave it five stars. It's my favorite book of the year. Wow. It is. It really, and it surpassed Jar of Hearts because when I reviewed that a couple weeks back, I loved Jar of Hearts, but this, so good. It was so good. Um, so again, that was the Roanoke Girls by Amy Engel, and her last name it's spelled E N G E L. Um, if you're looking for that, but five stars for me, it was really, really good. Whoop, that's whoop. awesome. Did you read The Shadows, Rachel? By, uh, that's the one that's George. the follow up to The Whisper Man, sort of. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same author. Mm-hmm. Okay, I haven't read Whisper Man yet, but that's a follow up to it, The Shadows. Well, it's not a follow up; it's the same author. Whisper Man oh, okay. was pretty good. They're dark, but they're good. Okay, I'll put that one down. You ready, Jess? Yep. Okay, I'm going to talk about City, The City of Brass by S.A. Chakraborty. Um, so it's a fantasy book. It's not YA, but it's fantasy. Um, and it's a trilogy. And it follows this character, it starts with a character named Nahri, and she lives in Cairo. She's an orphan, she's always lived on the streets, but she has these, like, healing abilities. So she acts like she can read palms and give all these things to help, you know, your little ailments. She can tell if you're sick before you're actually sick, and that's how she's made her living in Cairo her whole life. And she, like, doesn't fit in feature-wise with all the people in Cairo, but that's the only she's ever known. And her native tongue is a language that no one around her has ever spoken, so she doesn't know how she knows it. And she has the ability where she learns any language that's spoken to her, she understands it. Whoa. And so you know she's kind of different from the She's beginning. got a babblefish in her ear. A babblefish. <laughs> I love them. Hitchhiker's Guide. Yes, Hitchhiker's Guide reference. But so anyway, so she does this uh, sort of seance thing for a a girl that's mentally disturbed, is what they call it, because it's an older like it's back. It doesn't give like an exact date, but it's like back in Cairo um, history. So she's doing like this seance sort of thing, and to make it like more interesting and more sound realistic, she starts talking in her native tongue that no one else knows because she thinks it sounds more exotic. And she ends up calling a jinn. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> and, um, well, technically he's a deva, but whatever. There's a bunch of... Anyway, so he f- comes to find her and they get attacked 
what <laughs> i think jessica and martha are speaking their own language yeah, over here because yeah. i'm like oh. i'm sitting forward and i'm all excited and they're like oh <laughs> i'm looking at rachel like oh, i got it i'm with you jessica keep going <laughs> like genies genies a gin okay yeah (laughs) and um so he comes and then they get attacked by these like crazy this is all in like the first chapter by these crazy they call them ifrit but they're like demons basically that attack the gin so he tells her that she's actually part gin and they have to go to devabad which is their homeland um which would explain why she's been going through all this weird shit if she's yeah, and so uh, they travel back there, and this is just like the beginning of the book, and it's a trilogy, and it spans, like, the jump between the first book and the second book is five years, and the first book covers, like, two or three years, so it's a pretty lengthy book, and so, like, they travel to Devabod and find out she's, like, the last remaining member of this tribe of the Devas or the Jinn that are healers and she's the only one that's left and then so that's half of the story and the other half is told um from the perspective of the prince of devabod who's he's the second son so he's like a a fighter and they have conflicting religions basically like the devas versus the jinn like the like they have different tribes of devas and they have conflicting religions and belief about like people who are half-blooded and all this stuff and i don't know it's really really good i can't say too much about it because i'll give too much of the plot away and there's not a whole lot of plot in the first book it's a lot of like setting up the world and the characters and their histories but the language is so beautiful (laughs) and i just love it so much it was so good and um i love the characters both they're really different walks of life. So Nari has been like a thief her whole life and had to get by like by the skin of her teeth. And Ali is the prince, but he's got such a good moral compass. And he's always trying to help other people, even when like his dad, who's the king, and his brother, who will be the king, are like they're just you know the shawfeet or whatever. And like you don't understand what your political games are doing he never gives up like or what your meddling is doing to our political games he never gives up trying to do the right thing by what's right in his heart and i just really love them they're really cool. that sounds awesome but it's really good but it's really cool all the imagery is beautiful i want to go to cairo <laughs> no you don't the second book has been better in my opinion but that's because there's more going right it's it's so hard when you have to have all of that when you have to have the world building in order to get really get the story that's hard yeah because there are all kinds of different beings so they're like the jinn and the deva they're also the ifrit who were like the The, same race the demonies the demon demons now and then there are so they're the fire people and then there are the water people called the marid were terrifying and the Perry who are from the air and then humans are the the dirt earth people. <laughs> the dirt. You're the dirt. Pretty much. That's pretty yeah. much what they say. But it's really, really good. Um it does it is kind of slow in the beginning. Because you're like, okay, cool. She's part gin. 
it gets better once you get into it and it's like some things happen and then all of a sudden it's like climax end mm. it's pretty good awesome. but that is the city of brass by s.a chakraborty and what's the second one called uh kingdom of copper okay and the third is called the empire of gold are you guys texting each other no no <laughs> liar (laughs) well you guys are like genie and i'm like i thought jen was a beverage i don't know what the hell you're talking about (laughs) jen with a j (laughs) well didn't you hear the g didn't you hear the j the jen no i heard jen i heard jen tonic yeah (laughs) you lushes (laughs) all right I guess it's my turn. I'm going weird too, but uh, this is uh, a little bit more. We should um, have broke up the weird. No, but it's a different kind of weird. It's not. It's not the same kind of weird. It's not high fantasy. No, 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 no. It's not high fantasy. It's not be... that weird. It's just fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> just. I'm just messing with you. All right. This would almost fit in with an October read, except for it. Except for it's not scary in any way. But it does, well, you'll understand once it's I start scary, talking about it. It's not scary, it's creepy? No, not at all. It's called We Ride Upon Sticks by Quan Berry. So it's about witches? Sort of. Or is there a different kind of stick you're talking no, about? No, it, it's actually hockey sticks. Oh. I have that book. It is, yeah, Jessica and I are always on the same page. Um, it's really, the, one of the things I loved about this book the most was all of the 80s references. There's there's one character, for example. They call her the Claw. And that's because her hair, you know how yes. yeah, that big old, the shelf hair in the front? And it goes forward. Oh. Yeah. So her nickname is the Claw. Her hair has its own personality. I mean, it's just, that's just one of the things uh, that I loved about it. It had so many strong female characters, for starters, they're all on this hockey team together. But it takes place in Danvers, Massachusetts, which in 1692 was Salem Village, the site of the Salem Witch Trials. So one of the characters is actually related by blood to one of the original, um, I think it's, hold on, I got to look it up. She was related by blood to Anne Putnam, one of the uh, infamous Salem accusers. And so you have that background of of what goes on in the town and whatnot. And so they sort of, they sort of manifest some witchcraft of sorts because their team is, uh, they're, hockey team is not doing all that well so what they do is they they write down their intentions sort of like a spell in this Emilio Estevez notebook (laughs) I'm I'm with it and they begin winning and it has all these really interesting fun witchcraft type I don't even know what you would call it. Um, is it just like- where you think, oh, maybe this is real witchcraft. 
it it's just it's a magical kind of book but not in the way that you would think it's about the team and the things that they do as a team and they come together and the story is basically about them is this like a winning feel good book yeah it's sports but, and oh, a feel-good book. Are you feeling okay? Do you have the COVID? But that's witches, <laughs> man. Say, it's, it's awfully Do I have the COVID? <laughs> it it oh. wasn't a feel-good book in, in a normal kind of way. It was way too weird for that. You know I don't ever go for anything normal. There, was, mm-hmm. there always has to be an element of something bizarre in there. The real magic was it. <laughs> the real magic was the notebook brought them together like a team. It's the traveling pants. Oh, shut up. <laughs> no, it's just way too weird for that, you guys. It would make a great movie, though. I thought it was an yeah. excellent story. It was one of those stories where the. Um, the characters just had so much great personality and it reminded me of a time when I just had such a great connection with the people that I was growing up with and you had all of those, you know, the good friendship vibe that you get, but at the same time there was some weird shit going on in the background where you weren't even really quite sure what was happening. It could be magic. Yeah. <clears throat> now, was it an Emilio Estefez uh, notebook because he did that movie in the 80s that hockey movie because no because they just the loved him and they thought he was the best good oh. looking as most good looking guy ever in the course. 80s yeah he's the breakfast club guy right? 90s 80s he was 90s. in the breakfast club yeah but young guy 1980 90s. this was in 1989 okay so right on the edge of 1990 because Mighty Ducks was the early nineties, like yeah, 92, yeah, 93. yeah. I guess that was yeah. early nineties. But he was a he was kind of a teen idol or whatnot back oh, in the early days. Yeah, eighties. Yep. So one of them had this notebook, and and that's how it all began. Because she found this, she found this book in the library. Of course, you gotta have. It actually sounds really good. You know what, you guys? It it was really good. I didn't... When I read it, I was like... I was expecting it to be weird. But it wasn't as weird as I thought it was going to be. It turned out to be a lot more normal by the time you get to the end. But at the same time, you do have... um, there, There are a couple of characters that you're not quite sure if they're gay or not. And so you've got some of that sort of thing running through it as well. And just really good women friendships. I think that's why I like the book so much was the fact that they were all, not only were they a team together, but you guys, it was really good. I gave it four stars. I probably should have given it five. It was really good. I really enjoyed it a lot. I did. I liked it. I thought it was excellent. I actually added it to my wish list. I actually might read that. Guys, I'm serious. It really was good. It wasn't th- it wasn't so strange that it was off-putting. So it would be good for somebody who doesn't read a lot of strange things. Yeah, it definitely would. If you have women friends, you're going to like this book. Especially if you happen to be our age and, you know, you lived through the 80s and 90s. <laughs> or you like the 80s and 90s. I mean, it's very retro right now. I think you would like, like this book, Bonnie. I do like it. Because you kind of like the witchy stuff sometimes, yeah. huh? Yeah, I do. Yeah. 
And even I though know Jessica would like it. Emilio Estevez sure. wasn't on my wall when I was a teenager. I did know who he was. So, yeah. So anyway, it was excellent. I recommend it highly, um, especially for women. I thought it was excellent. On Goodreads, there weren't very many people who gave it five stars. There were a few. Mostly it was a four-star read for people. There were some people who didn't like it. I myself did give it four stars. I liked the tie-in that it had with the Salem Witch Trials and some of the, I don't know, I just thought it was a fun read, especially if you're going into October, which we are, need a little distraction, which we do, and we always need friends, so there you go. It's called We Ride Upon Sticks by Quan Berry. Awesome. And Jessica's got a copy of it, so she's going to enjoy reading it. I mean, if you like it, Jessica's going to like it because you two are like peas in a pot. Maybe there's another reason why you like Jessica's dad so much. I'm just saying. Are you saying Jessica's actually my daughter? (laughs) I look so much like my mom. Yeah, she does. I know. I'm joking. She does. (laughs) No, Jessica and I are soul sisters. Her dad, is. he has great taste in books, though. I'm just kidding. We totally get each other. (laughs) I am Speaking of which, um, Jim Butcher has a new one coming out. I read about that. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, though. I, I, I need to catch up on my Jim Butcher. So my dad was really into the Dresden. It's file. a new it's a new Dresden file. New yeah. Dresden Files book. And then Harry Alec, Dresden, the best wizard ever. Yeah. You, you, Alec read the Furies of Calder. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of those. But I do like the the um, Harry Dresden books. There there tends to be. I, I noticed that we have reoccurring themes in this podcast. Macaroni and cheese is definitely one yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah, macaroni and cheese has been given new life now because now I'm going to think about, <laughs> about Rachel's burnt toes, which could be a sexual oh. reference. Some people like toes. In that aspect, not me personally, because feet are so disgusting. So, did, did your work husband lick your toes then? Was that in a thing since they were no. cheesy? Ooh. I am not. I don't. <laughs> I, hate it. I, I hate it when my dog gets a lick and I'm like, stop it. Yeah, I was going to say, have you ever dripped something on your toes and like your dog wants to lick your foot and it's like, go away, go away, that's disgusting. Then you have like dog it. slobber in between your toes and you're Ooh. like, Bleh. It's off. like if she gets one little lick, I'm like, whoa. My dog is not rude. She doesn't lick people's feet. So I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, my dog's adventurous. Yeah. Can you hear her chewing on crap over there? <laughs> she, She's, she likes to explore new options. With she, her likes, she likes her uh, tasty cheese feet. I mean, she for a dog, know. that might be perfect. Yeah, Some cheesy feet. But, Maybe um, that's why they like it. But no, my coworker mm, like parmesan. in the office licking toes because, yeah, I have a what? feeling. That might be a sexual harassment suit waiting to happen if somebody walked by the office and he's down on his hands and knees licking your toes. Mm, cheesy. That would be hard to explain to a boss. No, really, I just... The saliva helps the birds! Macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that just reminds me of, a, of the Friends episode. Pee on it. Pee on it. <laughs> That's right. I stepped up. 
<laughs> Would you step up? Well, dog's alive. It has healing properties. I thought maybe there was a correlation. <laughs> I was on my, I was in doggy style. <laughs> Hands and knees. <laughs> has to count for something i hope he never listens to this podcast he's gonna hate our guts if he ever meets us rachel you're so red right now he spends five days a week eight hours a day with me it gets a lot worse he knows he's not even gonna be surprised no no damn Uh, sorry martha's dying are you a smoker (laughs) no that's the seal cough i've had since i was a kid my dad gave me that cough because he was a smoker oh it's called a seal cough that because i that's what i sound like when i get the that deep cough it's not because you used to be a navy seal or something it's it's from being a seal. It's from being a smoker. I have. I have. Hi, my name is Margie. Seals. Do what? I said I have some romance books that involve Navy Seals. But what? Coughing. I thought we. T- I thought we decided we were not going to talk about bestiality this time. Navy no, Seals. Navy Seals. It's a kind of bestiality that's okay. <laughs> See, you're just picking and choosing now. Jeez. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's not. True. I do like a man in a uniform. (laughs) Uh, Now I'm really going to have to turn that fan on. (laughs) It's getting a little hot in here. I love a dude in a uniform. Oof. Ew. So. Sorry. I'm not with you on that one, guys. I am. No. Mm -hmm. Mm-mm. The only dude in a uniform I like is the Amazon Prime guy. <laughs> okay, I could get on with that one. Yes. He's got very fit legs. I could go for that. Yeah. <laughs> Bring me my books over here. <laughs> Martha's going to ch- accidentally spill her macaroni and cheese on those calves. <laughs> Come here. I, I, know how to, I know how to fix that burn. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did my macaroni spill on your package? Let me get it. <laughs> Darn it. Oh my God. We have to stop. And on that note, that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.